You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from Columbus, Ohio. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Wednesday, August 31st, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor, Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how's it going, my friend? It's going great, buddy. It's great to talk to you. You're coming in loud and clear from Columbus. I love it. Not, <laughs> okay, my friend. Not the Bay Area. <laughs> That's right. And we are also joined, of course, by fellow contributor, Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216? What up, boys? What up, man? It's crazy that we're already at this point in, uh, you know, summer's pretty much over. It's Labor Day weekend. Excited to be on here with you guys. Oh, shout out to uh, PVH's birthday was yesterday. Yeah, right. Happy birthday, bro. (laughs) That's a big deal. That's a big deal. It doesn't, it's it's crazy we're here though, but it seems like it's been like seven years, right? It does. It does. It's been a long time since January. So it's really good to be with you guys. Of course, we're here to preview the biggest game of the opening weekend and one of the three or four biggest of the entire 2022 season. It's number five, Notre Dame, visiting the Horseshoe this Saturday night to take on number two, Ohio State. The game is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern kick on ABC. And according to ESPN, the line is Ohio State minus 17. It's a pretty big line for a top five matchup. The over-under is 59 it doesn't look like we're going to have any weather. I don't think that's going to be a factor. Boys, I've been here all week, and temps have been in the high 80s, but the evenings have been really, really nice. Gorgeous, actually, in the low 70s. Should be a beautiful night for this game. So, oh, man, I'm jealous. I've, I'll bet. Yeah, man, I was hoping you guys could make it out for it. I will actually be at the game. Um, but let's have a quick look back at last season just to kind of frame the discussion today. Notre Dame finished number five in the final playoff rankings. They ended the season 11 and two with a loss to Oklahoma state in the Fiesta bowl, a game in which, by the way, they held a 21 point league, couldn't get it done. Now the biggest development out of South Bend, as we all know, last season was the departure of head coach, Brian Kelly. He left to take the LSU job before championship weekend, before he even knew Notre Dame's playoff fate, by the way, which is crazy. And as we all know, Kelly was replaced by former Ohio state linebacker, Marcus Freeman, who made his head coaching debut in the Fiesta bowl. So that makes for a very interesting subplot in this game, by the way. Of course, James Laurinaitis, another former Ohio State linebacker, also on Freeman's staff. So very interesting subplot there as we head into this game. Now, as we all painfully remember, PBH, you and Chad, most especially, (laughs) Ohio State finished number six in the final CFP rankings. Uh, They were given a grade of an F, a failing grade from the both of you, as we both remember, and missed the playoff. Two big thumbs down. (laughs) They missed the playoff after consecutive appearances in 2019 and 2020. I was a little more kind in my grade. I gave them a B, B minus-ish. But the Buckeyes finished with the number one offense in the country, as we remember, but struggled to run the ball and convert in the red zone in some of their biggest games. So that's something I'm going to be looking uh, at in this Notre Dame game and beyond. And then the defense, as we remember, was an unmitigated disaster. Kerry Combs was replaced by Matt Barnes, the defensive play caller after Ohio State's week two loss to Oregon. Buckeyes steamrolled by Michigan, 42-27, a very painful loss. 
first Michigan win in that series since 2011, but the season would end on a positive note with a thrilling 48-45 win over Utah in the Rose Bowl, thanks to record-setting performances from C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigma. Boys, before I move on, anything from last season you want to mention to frame this discussion? Yeah, I want to know if Chad's okay with C.J. Stroud and he's still not crying about Quinn Ewers not being the quarterback. I just want to get that out there and see if you're okay. All with right. That. that wasn't like, you know, that was at the beginning. I mean, are you season. okay with the Heisman Trophy, you know, leader? Yeah, I'm going to be all right, too. Probably the number first pick in the draft. Are you okay with that now? Like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to be all right, man. You know, And so, Mullet Boy going to lead my- Texas to a 6-6 six and six record? You're fine with that? Uh, you know, I'm good. Hey, Dan, I like our quarterback. That's a like could say it's a new year dude so you know like can we like, you know still wagon and i like the the the, uh, the mall boy but you know hey it was just it was a a topic of kind of get things a little bit off the like you know off topic if you will so yeah yeah well and we'll see i don't know i mean you know there's a certain segment of ohio state fans who are just never happy and if viewers has success in austin uh you know that we we might hear the the people complaining about you know, about all that i'm going um, in full support on my boy cj stroud our boy yeah. cj i'm, I'm with that's cj what, all the way that's what we now, want Chad. now i that's i think want, i think we should establish a rule though at first part of the season uh let's stop asking if cj stroud is going to run the ball more this season and can, can we establish that he doesn't really need to run the ball <laughs> right, he does. I think I just read an article that said that they were going to rely more on his legs. I swear they, to God. Oh, I read the same thing. thing. I so read the same thing. Maybe, maybe not. Really good. Maybe not. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I guess you know. All right. He's got to run a little bit to keep defenses honest. But it was just such a funny t- topic that just kept up coming up in every podcast I that I listened to, every discussion about Ohio State. Um, okay. Well, listen, I, I don't think we should spend too much time breaking down Notre Dame and they're too deep and all that stuff. But I do want to throw out a few names to watch on both sides of the ball before we dive into this matchup. Now, sophomore Tyler Buckner will start at quarterback for the Irish. Buckner appeared in 10 games last season. Uh, He has a grand total of 35 pass attempts with three picks, three touchdown passes. But, you know, Buckner was a top 100 player in the 2021 class. He's a good athlete. He was used much more as a, a runner than a passer in limited action last season for the Irish. But he did average over seven yards a carry. So that's something to pay attention to. Uh, especially after what happened to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl against Utah's quarterback Cam Rising, he you know he chewed us up on the ground. Um, junior tight end Michael Mayer is the player to watch on the Notre Dame offense, though. Last season, Mayer finished with 71 receptions for 840 yards and seven touchdowns. Now he may be the best tight end in the country, but PVH. What do we like to say about offenses? Whose best player is tight end? You, you were, I, I wrote it down. And I was laughing as you said it. Like, if that's your biggest weapon, then you got problems. Which now it makes perfect sense why they are a seventeen-point underdog. You're starting a quarterback that has thirty-five snaps, and your best offensive weapon is a tight end. I might put my mortgage on this thing. I, I was really, I couldn't figure out seventeen. Now it makes perfect sense. Now, look, most of the experts think pretty highly of Notre Dame's offensive line. They have two pretty athletic tackles they really like. Joe Alt at left tackle, Blake Fisher at, Fisher at right tackle. Fisher was a top 100 player in last year's class. But they might be without their best interior offensive lineman, Jared Patterson, who has a foot injury. We'll see how that shakes out. I think he's questionable for the game. So, you know, beyond Buckner and Mayer and PVH, to your point, I'm just not sure what else Notre Dame has at the skill positions. They do have some talent. They do have some good players we just don't have a ton of experience. Their projected starting running back, for example, Chris Tyree was a top 100 player in their 2020 class, but he only averaged four yards on 56 carries last season. So, you know, jury's still out on Tyree. 
And their leading receiver from last season, Kevin Austin Jr., is off to the NFL. Avery Davis, who projected to be their best receiver this year, tore his ACL in practice and is out for the season. So that leaves them with sophomore Lorenzo Styles. Now that's a name we're all going to recognize, right? That's Sonny Styles' older brother. Lorenzo Sr. was a linebacker at Ohio State in the 90s when we were in school. So he's probably, Styles is, probably their top threat on the outside. He finished 2021 his freshman campaign with 344 yards on 24 receptions, 24 receptions and one touchdown catch. Let's have a quick look at the defense. Uh, defensive end Isaiah Foskey is a name to watch for Notre Dame. Foskey finished last season with 11 sacks. He was also Notre Dame's top-graded defender, according to PFF. The Irish have a pretty good trio of starting linebackers as well, who are worth mentioning, Jack Kaiser, Bo Bauer, and J.D. Bertrand. Kaiser was their second-highest-graded defender last season, according to PFF, and Bertrand led Notre Dame in tackles last season. Lastly, here's a name we're all going to remember, safety Brandon Joseph. He's the Northwestern transfer. He was a player, actually, that when he went into the portal, I wanted to come to Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State fans will remember Joseph. He had an amazing interception in the Big Ten title game back in 2020. He was a first-team All-Big Ten selection that season as a freshman. So he's a good player who can do some things on the back end for the Irish. Okay, fellas. I want to go around the horn here and get some initial impressions from each of you on this game. PVH, let's start with you. Give us a few initial thoughts. My biggest thought is, like, man, the anticipation for this team. I, I even went back and looked over the last, like, 10 years. Like, coming into a season outside of – 2015 like this this definitely feels like national championship game or bust i wouldn't say for from you know just from a season perspective like the hype is through the roof on this thing agreed uh, with with Knowles, um anything less than that is going to be a disappointment you know I, I wouldn't go as far to say hey you have to win the national championship alabama is going to be a, they're going to be alabama we all know that um the more interesting thing to me is the line on this game. Like, can it really be a two versus five if it's a 17 point spread? <laughs> and it's, you know, right. Can I, can I you know, say something real quick to that? Sure. PBH? All right. So I, I've been like, I was thinking that as well. And, you know, so the starting projecting 22 starters for Ohio state includes eight, five-star recruits, 12, four-star recruits and two, three-star Notre Dame's starting 22 projection. <laughs> One five star, 14 four star, and seven three stars. Okay. Mm. So, I mean, we're talking athletes, and I think that spread is a lot of it is built like Vegas. You're talking about athletes versus athletes, and we've got a hell of a lot more, you know, like talent than they do. It's coming. And I agree. And the other thing is, you got really, I mean, okay, he he coached the bowl game, but this is Freeman's first game, right? How ironic, yeah. right? In Columbus, under the lights, everything. After he ran smack to about the education at Ohio State, <laughs> yeah. the clown. Yeah. yeah, come on, Marcus, you're smarter than that. And the quarterback, the the quarterback's the other thing. So I guess it, it in some regards makes sense, um, you know. And I know nothing really about Notre Dame's team. You told me, and I learned more about Notre Dame's team, Zach, and in your <laughs> opening than I knew coming into this thing. Uh, we all clearly know our team, you know, right. and I think everybody's hanging their hat on really one thing right the defense is you know acceptable right which is completely unacceptable like it should be a top five defense every year just as good as the offense is i think we all expect that and i think if that's the case then the sky's the limit for this team and the chips fall where they may when they make the playoff but right. as far as notre dame i don't know i like i go back and forth like part of me really wants to put 100 on notre dame because can it really be 17 points i'm not going to do that um 
you yeah, know, but it's it, not, it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I, I think it, it might, I, I can see like Notre Dame kind of hanging around, maybe even scoring first, but how do they hang with this Ohio State team? I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Good question. How about you, CP? Give us some initial thoughts. Well, I think like the, the, um, the point I made about the, the talent, but I think there's another thing that goes into that spread as well. I mean, since 2014, um, this is the seventh game that Notre Dame has played, you know, against a top five opponent since 2014. Um, and they're, they're one in five in those contests. Um, and I think 2014 was the last time um, they beat uh, like they beat uh, Clemson in 2020. And that's the last time they beat a top five opponent in the last like six or seven years. I mean, they're irrelevant. Um, but <laughs> anyways, I'm just, you know, you know me, I'm not a big fan of the Irish, you know, but um, I, you know, I think that really like everything I've been reading, man, I'm so excited about Knowles and, and what he's bringing, like the intensity. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it, I, I read this to be interesting. Like he's not a big guy to, uh, you know, switch players in and out. He wants to get get them in the rhythm of the game and, and get them in, you know, like he's like a too deep, maybe like um, he said, maybe that the uh, safeties, um, I feel real good. I've been reading a lot about like, you know, like defensive backs, the safeties and that they, they feel real confident. They're deep at that position. Yeah, they and, are. Uh, so that's, that's nice to see. And I, it's nice to see that Lantham ransom came back and he's been one of the like, uh, shining like you know stars in a, a camp from everything I've read, and he, yep. he's coming off that like horrific break with like that you know broken leg, and uh, yeah, so Amazing. he's been looking good. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm excited about the defense, man. I mean, I just you know, I just don't think that, I haven't said that in a while. Excited about the defense, right? Yeah, I mean, I it's agree. like usually we're all over here, like I'm like you know suicide hotline, like just um, like, <laughs> hey, it's Chad again. The Buckeye defense <laughs> sucks. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I mean it's it's really. It, I mean it's it is nice. This is what we you know ever, like for the last like what what two or three years on our pod. That's what we talk about. If we only had a defense to go along mm-hmm. with this. Okay, Man. but hold on. Like right, we're saying this is really nice. They haven't done it yet. They, they do have like, to go do it. Right. Right. I mean, we right. all, I think they all sh- we all think they will. But right. come on, you got to go do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I 100% agree. Um, but like, you know, everything I've read about Knowles and, and what he's done in the past and things of that nature, I, I like, I don't think he talks a lot of smack. Um, he says this defense is at 75% right now. Um, he said he didn't expect it to be at 100%. Um, he said it's that 75% installed, right? I think that's what he said. Yes, 75%. exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh-huh. 75% installed, Z. Right. 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 Um, but, you know, like there's no way, like at the end of the day, like there's no way they can keep up with us scoring. It's like if like they they, they score, they, they pull one out late, like, you know, which we've seen before and in, in teams in the past. I mean, last year, you know, blown out teams. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, they're come re- doing a reach around and like putting some points up. I just, I don't see that this year. And I think that's, you know, I think they're just, we're just going to wear them out. I mean, I, I, honest to God, you know, I know we're going to do our like scores later, but I, I mean, I just think it's going to be a blowout. Okay. You're but feeling confident. Yeah. I'm, feeling I'm with you. CP. Yeah. I'm with you CP. My, my one kind of overarching thought about this game is really kind of focused on the defense. I mean, I think the outcome, not only this game, but really the whole season is going to hinge on Knowles and this revamp Buckeye defense. And uh, he really obviously needs to have them playing at a championship level on that side of the ball. And, and personally, I'm completely out on this idea that, well, they just need to be, you know, top 35, top 40. No, th- this is Ohio State. You know, Ryan goal, his stated, sorry, Ryan Day's stated goal for this defense is top 10. He's on record. Having said that, Jim Knowles then upped the ante uh, yeah. and said top five is what he's expecting. I love that. 
That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm expecting. That should be the standard at Ohio State, quite frankly. And for $2 million a year, that better be what Bulls delivers as far as I'm concerned, starting this Saturday at 7.30 p.m. Um, I think what we're likely to see is a, a pretty limited Notre Dame offense without a lot of proven playmakers attempt to kind of replicate what Oregon, Michigan, and Utah did to the Buckeyes last season, right? Kind of run the ball down their throat, shorten the game, fewer possessions for that Ohio State offense. And, you know, do it with not only just the running backs, but also Tyler Buckner. I think Buckner, I I expect him to have at least 15 rushing attempts in this game. They're going to obviously, you know, look to get Mayer involved, right? Uh, Create mismatches for him. Um, That group of OSU safeties, I think, is going to be tested. It's going to be a long day for, long night for them if they can't cover Mayer. And then I also think Notre Dame is going to try to challenge Ohio State's manhood in much the same way that Michigan did last year. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, the, the, you know, the main event here is C.J. Stroud, Smith and Jigba, Henderson, and all those other skilled guys. The defense is, has a lot to, to prove, in my opinion, and that's really going to be watching. How about you, Beck? Kick, kick back to you, PBH. Any, any other overarching thoughts you want to share before we move on? No, I think that makes sense. Right. I mean, I, but then, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, like maybe the offense takes a step back, right. It's possible. Right. I mean, they yeah. had the number one ranked offense in the country last year. Is it realistic to say they're going to do that again? Um, but uh, you know, it, it probably won't be dramatically, you know, any different than it was. I mean, the skill players across the board are ridiculous. I think the one big thing, you know, everyone talks about the, um, the defense and we want to see improvement there. I, I think that's clearly the number one factor going into the season. The, the other one though, I think is the offensive line, right? Like mm-hmm. they need, they need to establish, they, they didn't do so great a few times last year, you know, just like running the ball, establishing the run. I think that's would be like one a or B um, right. of what I'd be interested in watching from, you know, the team in general to see if there's, you know, improvement. I think like, you know, like, uh, Paris Johnson, right. He's like, he's a preseason all American. Okay. Let's see it, man. You know, right. like establish the run when you want to do it. Clearly. I think you're right with the game plan, what Notre Dame wants to do and slow the game down. But if we want to run the ball, you know, and just not have, you know, CJ have to throw 72 times to come back from, you know, 21 down against Oregon. Then I think that falls on the offensive line. And I think that's one of the things I'll be interested in watching as well on Saturday. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, the nice thing is, is they're going to be starting actual guards at the guard position instead of two tackles. And, right. and they've got two really good ones. I mean, Matthew Jones at uh, right guard is a guy who's bided his time. He's been with the program a long time. He was kind of their sixth man uh, as an offensive lineman for several years. He, he's a very steady guy at right guard. Then, of course, you've got Donovan Jackson, an elite prospect at, at left guard, and a guy they think could actually pop out to left tackle if they wanted. But he is a natural guard and you know it's those interior offensive linemen really kind of dictate things when you're trying to impose your will your will in the run game so i'm with you there that would be my one b to the defense is can we impose our will in the run game when we need to and we need to get a tough yard tough couple yards and everybody in the stadium knows we're running the football can we get that yardage last year in some of our biggest games we struggled to get that yardage i mean and we remember right? That first possession in the third quarter against Michigan on third and short. And that was really kind of the turning point of the game. And Michigan never really looked back. Um, I think Paris Johnson is going to be throwing people around on that. that, I hope so. 
I, he and Donovan Jackson are on the same side of that line. I mean, you know, yeah. you want to talk about elite, elite talent yep. on that side. Let's, you know, let's make it happen over there. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. All right, yeah, so, and I've been hearing positive right, stuff about Luke too, man. Whipler. Yeah, Whipler's yep. been good at center I, for them. Yeah, um, he's. I, uh, I heard he's been balling. This projects as one of the best offensive lines in the country. Not a ton of depth. That is a little bit of a concern. So you've got to kind of cross your fingers for health. They don't have the same depth they did last year. But as you know, starting five as good as any offensive line in the country, I think. Um, all right, I got a little fun game here. I give me an Ohio State player on each side of the ball that you'll be watching closely in this game. Chad, I want to start with you. Give me one one player on offense, one player on defense that you're going to be watching closely in this game. Uh, you know what? I I, I want to go like a little bit outside though. You know, I, love I mean, it. let me like you know. Obviously, Trey, Trey, man. I mean, you know, you got to give it up for that boy. But you know, that's kind of like the easy one, like or like in Jingle. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm, I'm or CJ. Um, you know, I'm gonna go. I want to look at uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. on offense. There you go. Yeah. Um, because I think he's going to. Uh, you know, I mean, I I can actually take like. If I, if you if I'm allowed to do this, see, I'm going to take the the group outside of Njigba, um and make that Marvison Harrison Fleming and uh, uh, Njigba. I'm going to take those three and just like we'll leave uh, or not Njigba. I apologize, Embuka. Okay, all right. I'm going to take so, those three on my okay. offense. I just want to see the receivers outside of them because I think we've got a special. I think our receiving core is better than it was last year. Um, wow. What? Yeah, That's a big I'm statement. telling you, it is. You guys wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no disrespect. That's no like you know, like no bad juju on my on uh, you know Olave and and uh, you know Garrett. But uh, I'm telling you what, these guys are special, man. And it's all right. only getting better. All right, man. So, how about on defense? Give me one player on defense. Just one defense. Tommy Eichenberg. Tommy Dude, you took my two players. I shit you not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like sorry, to, Johnny. What, what about Tommy Eichenberg is intriguing to you, CP? Well, you know what? Like from everything I've been reading and, and listening to, it, it, it's kind of like he's taking a leadership role. He's a um, captain. And yeah. yeah, like he's like, but just been like putting in the extra time. And like, he's just like, it's like his body's even gotten crazier. And it's, it's like, ah. Uh, inched up his speed a little bit. And I, I heard he just looks amazing. And I, I just want to see what, like, you know, having him commanding that, like, you know, in the middle there on the field. And I just, you know, I think that's a position that, that Knowles really, really loves, you know, obviously the obvious ones on the ends, which I heard are balling out and I can't wait to see them. But yeah, I think, I think I could bark. You know, I wasn't expecting this to be honest with you, man. Like um, when he first started playing, it's like, all right, yeah. he's average. I mean, it's just a typical Ohio state linebacker, like in the last, you know, like decade average at best, you know what I mean? Right. But I think he's uh, going to like, uh, you know, peel that, that uh, label and uh, actually, t- you know, play some ball. Well, uh, you know, Eichenberg had a great Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl MVP. He made some yeah, big he did. stops in that game to help Ohio state kind of get back into it. Um, and we'll see if he can take the next step. If he's got a ceiling, maybe that we didn't, uh, you know, higher ceiling that maybe we didn't know about. Yeah. That, that's an interesting pick. I like that one CP. How about you PBH? Yeah, I swear. I thought, I thought about Eichenberger because I was originally thinking, um, you know, like how he will fit in with Noel's defense, right? Because we know the defensive line is stacked, right? There's, they're going to rotate what 12, 13 guys. Secondary is going to be great. Burke and, you know, Cam Brown, Brown back there. Yeah. Not, 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 
you know, worried about that. And what Hancock, I think he's a freshman, right? Sophomore. Yeah. Sophomore. Second yeah. year player. Right? Um, so it's, it comes down to the linebackers, you know? And so then I was thinking, well, could, could like see, so would CJ Hicks actually, you know, mm. see playing time? Will he, you know, maybe yes, be a starter by the middle of the season? Um, but then I thought, yeah, Eichenberger, right. I just, it, it, it was intriguing, but I did have a, I, you know, another one was JTT and can he mm. be, or Jack Sawyer, the next, you know, Chase Young, right. Or the Bosa, right. like we've been so spoiled by those guys. Right. So I thought, yeah, maybe JTT is some guy to, to, you know, keep your eye on to see if like, he just completely wrecks a game, you know, changes a game plan from an offensive standpoint right. against him. And if, if, if that guy could be, yeah, I mean, Christ, wasn't he the number one recruit in the whole country? Two he years wasn't ago? the number one recruit, but he was a, I have to go back and look at his recruiting profile, but he was a top 10 player to, it you know nationally i think he was the number two defensive end in the in the country and he has mm-hmm. the recruiting profile for that you know it's interesting you met you you mentioned jt2 in Moloa because a few weeks back larry johnson told the media he has an alpha dog in his room but he wouldn't say who it was but much of the osu beat all the guys i listened to pretty sure that he was referring to Tui Malowal. Yeah. So um, he was the number four recruit overall that year. Number four. Oh, okay. Thanks CP. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, he got to Ohio state with, with the body. I mean, he, you know, he had a body that was ready to play at that level as a freshman. And, and I saw flashes. I actually thought it would, I wanted to see a little bit more of him in his freshman season than, than the action that he did get. I like that pick that page. How about on offense? I, I was thinking Harrison, candidly. Harrison. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like you could, Sorry, I could say, Jackie. oh, yeah, I want to see Paris Johnson. Like, I'm not going to be able, like, I'm, is anybody really watching the offensive line when you're watching the game? <laughs> unless you go back and watch it the second time, especially at a night game, it's two versus five. And, you know, you've had maybe a cocktail or two. Um, <laughs> so I think it's Harrison, right? I think he's going to, I think he's about ready to have a huge year. It's yeah. going to be just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, gosh, the pedigree, everything about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, how do you game plan to stop those guys? Right. And, you know, like you got maybe Fleming, you, you know, and Buka is going to be out there. Um, and then, you know, Smith and Jim, but it, it's, it's just embarrassing that, you know, when we talk about it ad nauseum, but I think Harrison is, he's primed to have sort of like the coming out party, like Smith and Jigga had like last year. Yeah. Three touchdowns in the Rose bowl. And uh, you know, Pretty big yeah, stage. Skip a beat, right? Freshman. A lot yeah. of Wilson out. Didn't skip a beat with those didn't guys. Skip a beat, yeah. Uh, for me, and you both have already mentioned him, and I hate to be repetitive, but I've been driving the bus for him uh, since probably the middle of last year, and that's a mega Buka. He's a player who flashed over and over again with limited opportunities. Most of them only as a kick returner last season. I think he averaged almost 30 yards as a kick returner. Uh, he had five or six he almost brought back. A few huge catches in the Rose Bowl as well. I think he's the type of receiver you can play at any of the three positions. You can use him in the slot. You can use him on the outside. And, of course, you know you can count on him to contribute in the return game. I can't wait to watch him. Um, I'm not even sure if Buka isn't their second-best receiver after Jackson Smith. He was the number one receiver in the 2021 class. And um, I, I have huge expectations for Buka. Paige, you mentioned JT Tuimaloao. He was a guy I was going to mention as one of mine. But since you've already mentioned him, I'm going to mention my guy, Josh Proctor. He's a guy I'm going to be watching closely. I really feel Proctor has been mostly a victim of circumstance. Uh, in 2020, I, he had a terrible uh, defensive coaching staff who had no idea how to pick talent. Somehow they thought 
uh, you know, Marcus Hooker was a better player than Josh Proctor in 2020. And then, of course, the the broken leg in week two. And a, a lot of the folks I've been listening to, a lot of the, the Cleveland.com guys especially felt like the Proctor injury was to a much lesser extent, of course, was similar to the Nick Bosa injury in 2018. You remember they lost Bosa, I think, mm-hmm. in week two or week three. And the defense was just never the same. And he left a gaping hole in that, um, you know, in that defense. Um, similar, probably a, a better comparison would be the Christian Bryant injury in 2013. They lost Bryant in the Big Ten opener that year, and the back end of the defense was a leaking sieve that they never figured out, and it ended up catching up to them late in the season against Michigan State. I feel like the Proctor injury was at a similar impact. He's fully recovered from that broken leg. They say he's looked great in practice. He's now running in a safety-driven offense. They've used that so much on all the podcasts I listen to. It almost sounds cliche, but that's the truth. Jim Knowles likes to play with three safeties. So this defense seems to be tailor-made for Brock Proctor. I'm expecting big things out of him this season. So he's the, I got to give you props, bro, for sticking with Proctor, man. <laughs> you, I mean, we like, you know, uh, Paige and I gave you a lot of, it's like, we're, you know, down on you about that dude, like you know, a few times on the pod last year. And I know <laughs> there was some, some abusive, like, like, uh, text on the thread. So I right. think you props for sticking with him. I hope it comes to fruition. I, I hope so too. And I just, I just, I, I see a ton of promise in him and maybe I, I just, I'm, I'm latching onto him uh, and uh, with, with no real basis for it. But um, I, I think, well, look, I mean, if he can't succeed in this offense, which pardon me in this defense, which appears to be tailor-made for his skill set, then, then I guess we'll, we'll have our answer, but um yeah he's always flashed though he's always always flashed flashed, right yeah yeah you guys that guy's lays the wood and you know he's like streaking across the field instinctive and then that injury yeah last year you're like oh jesus he only got uh you know during that covid 2020 season they played five regular season games and proctor missed one of them because of covid so he only played four and then he played in the, you know, in the postseason. He had a he had a big time interception of the Big Ten title game. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this because the game was out of hand at that stage, but in the national championship game, he had a hit on Najee Harris at like the two-yard line. It was a little flare out, a little throw to Harris out of the backfield. And he Stuck. and Harris met at like the two-yard line. And uh, you know, he takes down, I mean, Harris is a load, and he's probably I mean, giving away. Stood him up. Stood him up and dropped him. Uh, yeah. Of course, Bama probably scored on the next play. But I mean, you know, that was one of the only only instances of any kind of resistance from the Ohio State defense in that game. So, yeah, I'm excited to watch Proctor. All right, boys, it's time to fire up the concernometer here. Uh, PVH, why don't you get us started? Give me your concernometer score for this game. Two. Two. Explain. Two. I, I, <laughs> I've come around. Like, I just don't see how they can hang with us. And, you know, I mean, it's at night. I think that Columbus is buzzing. Hey, Columbus is the number one uh, on Airbnb. Airbnb, Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you, Zach. You have a Airbnb right now. Columbus. Yeah. The number one destination in North America. Uh, You know, it's, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all. I haven't been concerned that they would lose the game. What's more interesting to me is can I come around to the 17 point spread? Okay. CP, how about you? Um, you know what? I'm gonna just flatline it at zero, bro. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm not concerned whatsoever. Now, I will say one thing. The reason that I am not, I was I was like 
and this was marked on my calendar. Like I was like, but you know, I started thinking about it after what happened last year when I was sitting with that kid over there in Denver, like <laughs> yeah, let's oh, go only for a half because you left at halftime and then yeah, because I guess we're talking about the Oregon 17 game. times. Oh you know, yeah, the Oregon game when we got yeah. beat. And like I, I knew, like I was like, I gotta leave now. And Paige was like, No, just stay for the first, like their first series. And like they scored, they ran that touchdown on like the first or second play. I'm like, God damn, I'm getting the thing out of here, man. <laughs> so I went over to the uh Blackwell by myself and was just drinking. There's like three few, two other dudes. I'm like, dude, we're gonna will this back. And I, it came close, but it didn't happen. And that's that's pretty much the biggest reason that I'm not going down there this week. <laughs> you don't want to jinx it. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, that's exactly game, why. Your so. concernometer score is at a zero. zero and you just, yep. Notre Dame poses no threat in your opinion. No, I, not 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 whatsoever. I, I feel like they're going to be uh, gonna be like a deer in the headlights on uh, Saturday night. <laughs> okay. Of course, my concernometer score is higher than both of yours, as per usual. Uh, I got <laughs> yeah, it at a five. Huge. I got it at a five. And this is based on just on two factors. Uh, you know, we've been talking up the Ohio State defense and we're all expecting it uh, to be much better this year. Uh, but as we well know, it has been well, well below the standard the last two seasons. We're putting a lot on scheme and coaching, um, you know, but, uh, you know, th- there were moments last year where it just didn't look like we had this, the, the caliber of athletes. On, on the defensive side of the ball that we we become to you know expect at Ohio State. So, uh, you know, do I believe it'll be vastly improved this season? The defense, yes, of course, that is my expectation. However, Paige, you said this earlier in the podcast. I need to see it first. So, you know, look, it's a new defense and almost completely new defensive coaching staff. It's reasonable to expect a few hiccups in this game coming out of fall camp. So, you know, hopefully Ohio State can limit them. But I am expecting maybe a couple. Hopefully they won't too big. So that's that's one factor that my score is based on. The other is more of a historical factor. You guys know I like to take a historical view uh, of games like this. Now, since 2005, Ohio State is one in five in what I like to call talent-equated non-conference home games. They're one in five in these games. I'm going to go through them with, for you guys real quick. The 2005 Texas you game. You have to. Yes, we do. 2005 Texas it's game. sick. Vince Young comes into the shoe. That was a hell of a good team, eventual national champion, but they beat us 25-22. 2009, USC comes to the shoe. They beat us 18-15. to 2010, we face Miami of Florida in the shoe. We take care of business in that game. 2014, Virginia Tech were the eventual national champions, but we looked terrible in that game. We trailed by the two scores most of the game. Virginia Tech ends up winning by two scores in a game that wasn't all that close. 2017 Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield comes to the shoe. They take us out to the woodshed, beat us 31-16. And then finally, yes, you you guys made mention to it already, Oregon last year. That was was a game that wasn't particularly close. I mean, we trailed by double digits most of that game. We ended up losing by seven. So Ohio State has a lot to prove in this game as far as I'm concerned. It is a little concerning that we just, for whatever reason, it goes all the way back to the Trestle era, we don't always get up for these talent equated non-conference games at home, especially at night, it seems like the opponent is more like energized by the, by the environment than we are. I really want to see that change in this game. God damn it. I mean, it's night game. It's Notre Dame. It's a top five man matchup. Come on, Buckeyes, let's go. So that's why my concern on me, the score is at five. It's not a very high score. It's higher than yours, but that's why I'm a little more concerned than you guys. It's a good, it's a good observation that you made last year. Like they don't really, 
perform well in those games. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it um, yeah. until you sort of, sort of brought it up. Um, 2005 is actually funny because when you said that, do you know where we were, Chad, when Texas beat us in that game? I'm trying to think. I'll, I'll remind you, we had just gotten back from the U.S. Open and we were in Gallagher's loft in oh. New York City. And you had you took his baseball bat out and you were beating the couch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Well, I mean, if you look at each oh and every one of these games, okay. There is an explanation for, you know, each of these losses, right? It's not, it's not always that, you know, the environment just fires up the opponent it, more so than us. And we play poorly. I mean, you know, that Texas team was the eventual national champion they had Vince Young and, you know, we yeah. dicked around at quarterback in that game. If you guys remember, it was Justin Schwick. It was Troy Smith. They could decide who, you know, Trussell couldn't make a, a decision for some reason. He didn't want to give Ted getting the ball. It was just, you know, so there are explanations as to why these Ohio State drop these games, but they haven't been great in these games. And I, I really want to see Brian Day kind of buck that trend. All right, boys, let's get to score predictions. Paige, get us started. What's your prediction for this game? I think that, you know, to your point right there, though, this one just feels different. Like the anticipation going into this season is yeah. through the roof. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Um, and so I, I just don't see Manti Tails not walking down that tunnel. <laughs> it ain't happening. Uh, I'm going 46 to 14. And I think, I think this team is, you know, they're going to do everything they need to do, win this game, and then set themselves up the rest of the year. 46, 14, Ohio State. Okay, CP, how about you? Uh, we're definitely laying uh, upper fifties on Notre Dame. Fifties. Um, I mean, day, day's coming out with this. I'm, I'm telling you right now, and day is going to come out, and he wants to show like he's he's still salty about that Michigan game, man. He's pissed, and he's going to display born this on third base, baby. Yeah, born <laughs> on third base, dude. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? He's uh, he's. He's going to come out. He's just going to like, they're going to hold back. Nothing. He's going to light it up. Um, I look to see McCord being in this game by the beginning of the fourth quarter. Wow. Um, okay. I, I would say, I'm going to say 50, 58, 17, 58, 17. Wow. That would be, yeah. that, that would have to be one of the worst beatings in Notre Dame history. I, I would think yeah. I, I don't have the record books here in front of me, but that would be, that would probably be a historic beat down. I got Ohio State winning this one 42-20. You know, I, I just don't know how Notre Dame is going to generate enough offense to keep pace with the Ohio State offense. I mean, outside of Mayer, they, they just don't appear to be dynamic at the skill positions, as far as I can tell. Now, they have a quarterback in Buckner who, you know, only 35 pass attempts under his belt, making his first career start page. You made that point earlier. I'm also just not sure how special the Irish are on defense. I mean, last year's unit finished 43rd in the country in total defense. Eh, you know, 37th in defensive yards per play, only 94th in tackles for loss. And much of the same personnel is back from that unit. So, you know, is that going to be good enough to contain Stroud, Smith and Jigba, Ibuka, Harrison, Henderson going down the line? I don't know. I mean, is Isaiah Foskey, their their defensive end, is, is he the transcendent talent at that position that Aiden Hutchinson is? I mean, he better be if if Notre Dame is going to you know have a chance in this game. So yeah, I like Ohio State 42, Notre Dame 20. 
And uh, you guys also mentioned, I do think Ohio State is going to play with an edge this year. I do think the way they, you know, the season ended for them, the loss to Michigan, the fuel that uh, that Michigan poured on the fire with some of the comments after that game, I think that's going to fuel them all season. And, uh, and of course, you know, that's going to take us eventually to that that Michigan game at the end of the season in, in the shoe. So 42-20. Where, where, where are you sitting, buddy? Uh, I'm an A-deck. Uh, around the 20 yard line or so on the visitor side. That's nice, bro. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, like, it's crazy that the, the, the money they're getting for these tickets, man, it's insane. I mean, uh, but you like, like Notre of... Dame's got one. Of, yeah. They got one of the biggest followings. Just, you know, it's great. Like it's just nuts. It's nuts. I, I'll be interested to see how many Notre Dame fans are there um, because, you know, they're, you know, right next door and there are a lot of Notre Dame fans in Ohio too. Yeah, so, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Notre Dame. <laughs> you know, real quick on Michigan, since we brought that up, um, you know, what like so and I tweeted about this from the South Stands uh, Twitter account. So if you're keeping score at home, right, I mean, you've got the loss of the attrition of, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, Ojabo, you know, all those special players on defense, Hassan Haskins on offense. Um, then you've got. Uh, you know, you lose both coordinators. You've got a flirtation, a very publicized, highly publicized, failed jump to the NFL by Jim Harbaugh, by the head coach. And now you have a quarterback competition that is going to extend into week three, at least, because Harbaugh came out, if you guys saw this, he came out and said, you know, each quarterback is going to get a start um, yeah. before week three. So are, are we, I mean, they've got a lot of talent. I, I was listening to Dave Rebson. Uh, of the Big Ten Network, he was on. He was he was on Stuart Mandel's podcast uh, a couple of days ago, and you know they the Big Ten Network does their bus tour and they visit each school, each campus, and look at each team for you know one day of practice. And he said that normally Ohio State is like clearly heads of you know head and shoulders above every other team in the conference, um, you know talent wise. But he said actually Michigan was much closer to their equal than than they've ever been before, or that they've been in a long time. So they do have talent there. They have a lot of talent there. But all this other stuff, I'm just wondering. Like, I mean, we we saw what a, what an indecision a quarterback did to a really talented team back in 2015 with Ohio State when Urban Meyer couldn't settle on a goddamn quarterback, and that completely, you know, submarined their torpedoed their whole season. So I don't know, like, could Michigan end up just kind of, could this be another disastrous season for Harbaugh, I guess is my question. I don't know. What do you think about that, Paige? Well, definitely could just because he's a weirdo though, man. I mean, he's just, he's, he is, he's strange, you yeah. know? And so it doesn't surprise me. Like he had some other, he had some other weird question about like, uh, if one of his players, like a biblical uh, comment or something that he made. No, no. Well, that too. Yeah. He said, this is like, this isn't like an X and O's thing. This is like a biblical thing. And then there was something else, um, where he was like, what if one of your players impregnated somebody? He's like, well, we would just raise, you know, me and Mary would raise the kid. He's a weirdo. He's strange. No, I swear to God, he did that. Um, you know, I don't know. I, clown. He's a clown. And but I think you know the other interesting thing is like how horrible. And this is your realm, CP. But how horrible they are in recruiting right now. Because like, why would you go play for that guy 
Yeah. Like, he clearly wanted to leave. He clearly. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't get any of that bullshit. Like, I mean, I'd be like, who wants this clown? He, like, he was ready to sign, man, with the Vikings. Or what was it? Vikings, whatever. Anyway, whatever. Harbaugh's a, he's a doofus. <laughs> Real quick, uh, you know, couple, just a couple of other. It's kind of a light slate. I mean, you got Ohio State, Notre Dame, and it's opening weekend, so it's like Christmas, and you know, there's probably going to be a lot of shitty games, but we're going to watch anyway because it's the first full weekend of action. But kind of a nice appetizer tomorrow for Penn State at Purdue. Uh, yeah, man, I'm tomorrow. Yeah, Purdue's a, supposed to be legit this year. That quarterback supposed. I mean, so Aiden Hutchinson, yeah, Aiden O'Connell. Aiden O'Connell's a good player, yeah. man. He, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to find a better statistical line than what he put up against us in the shoe. It just didn't matter because you know th- their defense couldn't stop us. But I like O'Connell. He's a good player, and you know Brom knows how to scheme up a, an offense. Uh, yeah, that's at Purdue. It's Penn State's a three and a half point favorite, um, but that's a nice little appetizer. That's not right. Can start by it. the way. Not, neither team is yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And then the, huh. the only other game I think I really care that much about is number 11, Oregon against Georgia. That's in Atlanta. It's a three thirty kick. Georgia's a 17 point favorite in that game. I guess that line makes a little bit more sense, but uh, that's a fun one. I'll be looking for, I don't know. You guys got any thoughts about that game? Who do you like in that one CP? Uh, you know, it's like, it's something because, um, Who's like quarterback? Like Nixon? Like isn't Bo Nix? Like he's quarterback for Oregon now, right? Oh, is that right? Hit okay, all right. yeah, yeah. Mm. So that'll be interesting. I mean, you know, and plus the Oregon's coach is George's defensive coordinator. That's right. That's right. Good yeah. Point. So you never know, man. Like who knows yeah, what could happen the down there? There you go. Take the Ducks in the points and the yeah. Buckeyes minus seventeen. There's your two team parlay. Yeah. All right. South stands listeners. There's a, there's one for you. We'll keep track of throughout the year. Yeah. There you go. You'd have bet a hundred dollars on every one of these. You would be poor. Yeah. <laughs> all right boys well listen if, if neither of you has anything else to share about this game i'll let you go we're, we're coming up in about an hour um pbh you got anything else any parting words for no our, man our listeners it's great great chatting with you boys it's um fired up it's the longest week. this literally feels like the longest week in a long time i don't know why like i'm a day behind like tuesday i thought was wednesday and today's one i'm like oh this is third like oh my god let's just get this thing going <laughs> taking forever CP, any parting words for our listeners before before we uh, call it? You know what? No, it's uh, it's good to be on with you, boys. Z, I'm jealous. Um, well, no, I'm not jealous. I'm I'm happy for you because I, you know, I didn't want any bullshit like last year at the Oregon game. But <laughs> glad you're going to be there. Looking forward to uh, talking again next week about uh, everything that went on at the shoe surroundings. I'm looking forward to uh, you know seeing what the uniforms they're going to throw out because I know they're doing the. 2002 uh you know uniform oh, that's thing. right and that team that team's going to be there as well so that's right they, that's right they're going to they're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary 20 of the 2002 yep. national championship team yeah that'll be fun yeah, so that'd be kind of cool so i th- i don't know what kind of uniforms they're bringing out but they're supposed to be something awesome something good so right. but yeah man let's go bucks dude uh yeah go I, bucks yeah put put your mortgage on the buckeyes take it lane 17 <laughs> all right fellas Call well, Jack, your financial advisor he'll take that bet for you and <laughs> when you lose and you cash, <laughs> cash out you'll be living in a van down by the river <laughs> all right but it's not gonna all well, right thanks so much Z, for making the care. time Later. okay have a time next week all right See keep you. it real Bye. take care boys You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.